Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Marcello. And I am another host, D. And the third, my name is Corey. And uh, we are all very highly educated Bitcoin enthusiasts. And uh, I would yep. say this is a passion project. Very much so. And not too long ago, a couple years ago. And it quickly consumed my life in almost all facets. Uh, I'm currently looking for Bitcoin toothpaste. Can't find <laughs> it. But uh, it definitely sunk its hooks into me. And it has been one of the most enlightening uh, topics to discover since I've been an adult. So that's a little bit of my background on my passion for Bitcoin. Cool. And uh, I was introduced to Bitcoin by Dimitri <laughs> in 2013. And I kind of have a very selfish reason why I'm into Bitcoin because I, I got very involved with it. I bought my wedding ring with Bitcoin. The table that we're using right now was bought with Bitcoin. I just, I think it's a very cool, innovative look into the future on how we're going to use currency. So that's where my interest lies in it. I can take the credit of introducing both of you guys to Bitcoin. That's true. <laughs> when I, I don't know, early, I guess late 2013, when the big Bitcoin boom happened and it shot up to a thousand. Dollars. A little before that, I had watched some TED Talk. Uh, forget who it was. Looking back on it, it was actually a pretty awful TED Talk. But um, being a research scientist, I, I dove head you know, deep into it, the research, to figure out how it worked, what was the protocol, what was secure, all the, all the details of Bitcoin. And I needless to say, I was enthralled. And then tried to tell all my friends about it, like every good Bitcoiner does. And uh, these are the guys that stuck with it. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I was asking you, did you just like shotgun blast everyone with a Bitcoin brochure or did you know certain people would say like, hey, this this is going to be something that this guy be into? Um, so like basically, were you like so enthusiastic about Bitcoin that you basically just talked everyone's ear off about it? Is that how it went down? It was it was a little bit of that. It was more along the lines of people were people would see me reading something like most of my, most of my community or the people I was pretty small. I don't see a lot of people, and so they'd see me reading something, and I'd be you know researching something or reading a paper, and they'd be like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Have you heard about Bitcoin?" And they'd be like, "No." And I was like, "Dude, this stuff is crazy. You got to check this out." And this is you know still we're still I guess considered late adopters to the Bitcoin, but I just, I kept talking about it, kept talking about it, and then one, after a while I realized that everyone's like, you're crazy, <laughs> yeah, and, and then I started to kind of lay off a little bit and approach people that I think, that I thought would be interested in it, and try to find new unique ways to introduce it, and as time has gone on, it's gotten a little easier to bring it up, 
one, because Bitcoin's become more popular, two, because I've gotten a little better at explaining it and introducing it to people who have no idea how currency works in the first place. So it's interesting that you said that we're one of the two that stuck with it in your experience. Are you finding people that you know, like initially get excited and then it just kind of fizzles off? No, just quite the opposite, actually. It's more along the lines of people are like, okay, dude, whatever. And then as time goes on, they may they'll hear something in a in a commercial, or they'll they'll hear it on a Silicon Silicon Valley episode, or some you know some type of media, and they're like, dude, I think that's the thing Corey talked about. And they'll be like, and they'll come back to me like, what'd you say about that Bitcoin? I'm like, oh, you want to know some more about it? What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything about it, and kind of just play it by ear to see what they're what they're what they want to know. Don't you know blast them. Man, I need more people around me like people around you nobody yeah <laughs> bitcoin around people i work with and they're like oh there he goes again talking that crazy math money get out of here and i'm like oh my god well what's interesting is you're a teacher and you said that half your students uh, high school level actually heard of bitcoin yes that was a very phenomenal thing for me today in class um i happen to be looking at blockchain dot info is it blockchain dot info yeah i believe it is and the kid came up and he said what are you looking at and i was looking at bitcoin transactions and he goes oh bitcoin like you you have bitcoin you know about bitcoin and i was like yes and yes and (laughs) it was it was just this real awesome organic conversation between me and another student and the next thing you know half of my class is like oh i keep hearing about bitcoin and how you can you know buy things on the internet like anything and i'm like well yeah you can and then you've always got like johnny on the spot in the bag that's like yeah buy some drugs yeah and i'm like yeah you're cool but this is as cool as you'll ever be but Um, sorry but anyways my students they really dug into it and I teach high school so we're talking average age 15 Um, that happened to be a sophomore level class so yeah average age 15 and half of the class knew about it and I'd say of that half like a quarter of them were very enthusiastic and wanted to know more about it. I had five students get a circle wallet today. Five. That's and huge. I sent them each dollar and I was like, watch how quick it happens. Boom, boom. And they were like, oh my God, it's so cool. I have a dollar. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's a dollar, but it's electronic, you know, digital money. And I, it was kind of cool. I was like, your, your phone's a wallet now. Don't lose your phone. It's actually worth more. I mean, well, it's already expensive, but it is a wallet, and it was really cool to see them wrap their minds around this new thing and totally accept it. They were watching the blockchain transactions go through, and they were like, that is so cool, and I was like, now you understand. <laughs> it's really cool, and yeah, so that did happen today, and it surprised me because usually you don't get too many surprises from teenagers but ended up working really well so yeah and our our other host is actually in south america so for people wondering you know in your experience 
when you have conversations about Bitcoin, how is it different between people in the States and people in South America? Are they more receptive to it or is it just a foreign concept over there? Well, here, I don't know. I, I haven't had that much face time with a lot of people. In Brazil, most people don't speak English. So I'm, I'm, I'm still at the point now where there's a large communication barrier of me trying to just say hello. And I would like to buy some coffee. It, <laughs> conversations of Bitcoin haven't quite come up yet. Yeah, so I mean, baby I, steps. Yes. Get coffee first, then. Come back to me in like Bitcoin. six months when, I have, when I'm a little more prolific in, in speaking Portuguese. And uh, we can probably have a conversation there. This is what I dare you to do. I dare you to have a whole conversation, and the only word you say is Bitcoin with different inflections. <laughs> and see how it goes. Like, Bitcoin. 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 And see the... I actually, funny thing is, I had a conversation with my uh, one of my instructors today. And apparently he had heard something about because we I said I don't know, he it might have gone on deaf ears and he was just smiling and nodding, but it seemed as though he had heard about it and had heard something about it along with his wife. So maybe that'll flush out later on. But as for the people who do speak English, I haven't quite brought it up yet. Wait, so Joe, you asked Corey if he talks to people, and me, I talk to people. Have you talked to people about it? And. Has it ever gone well in your field? Ever? Like I said, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is to grow my knowledge in the Bitcoin field. My involvement is strictly selfish. I'm just trying to get rich. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to educate people yet. <laughs> Making that paper. Yeah, but you know, the bear market continues. The price has been pretty steady for a while now, so I have no yeah. choice but to focus on the innovations that it provides. So I, I think I'm just dipping my big toe in the pond right now. No conversations have been had. <laughs> I'm very excited to... Only with us. Only Yeah, only with you guys. Well, remember remember, I got your mom to buy some? Yeah, uh, I sent your dad some Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I and you got my 60-year-old mom in the Bitcoin, so... <laughs> You know, I got my mom your... to buy some Bitcoin. You I'm did? taking care of it. Yeah, oh, she's just like, I'll buy some Bitcoin. It's going to be worth some money later. I got Cello's mom into our rinky dink mining op that we had <laughs> a couple years. Was it yeah. last year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't rinky. No, it was rinky yeah. dink. But it was cool. It was cool to mine and. It was definitely a learning experience. That whole mining experience with uh, GPUs. Yeah. Mining Litecoin and other altcoins it was a learning experience of of how mining works, how the whole back end of transaction verification works, Absolutely. and and how that all comes down. And it's it's, it's a it's definitely at least for most people who use Bitcoin, it's not transparent. That's something that they never really think about. They just know it as a currency, and it's it's useful. Yep. Whereas we ha- we now have some a little more knowledge on the back end of you know what's going on with all these miners and how it's centralized, especially for Bitcoin and the way that you know the hardware works. Absolutely, quickest way to get a bunch of you know people that know nothing about Bitcoin to get that blank deer in the headlights face is <laughs> start talking about mining and transaction confirmations and uh, un. 
you know, unraveling the blockchain, and then you're throwing vocabulary word after vocabulary word at, right at people, and they're like, oh, what? What I liked, I what I liked about that. A sandwich. I just want to buy a sandwich. <laughs> do that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. What I liked about that whole experience was that it was incredibly difficult. It's, it's incredibly, you know, I guess, intricate and complex technology. But at the same time, it's a simple idea and it's accessible to anybody who wants to, to anybody who wants to use it. Very true. And so I liked I liked the the aspect like the kind of the dichotomy there of it both being a very difficult problem and computationally expensive to do, but it's accessible to anybody who wants to do it. Anybody who wants to know how to do it or learn how to do it, they can access it. It's not like well, well, once you get to this, you know strata you can then start to learn the new things it's more along the lines of like if you want to know it dive in you can do it right well uh, definitely in the future episodes we should probably dedicate a big block of time to our experiences definitely. with that because we have some first-hand experience uh, so since this is an introductory episode it'll probably be a little bit shorter uh, just to give people an idea of who we are we're definitely going to have a very diverse cast of guests a lot of cool features one that we'll introduce right now called In the News. And basically, I'm just going to, you know, cherry pick a couple of big Bitcoin-related and finance-related news and kind of do like a roundtable. So uh, let's just start with kind of my uh, selfish take on it, and that's just the Bitcoin price in general. So the bear market continues. It stands at about 237 which is down around 30, 30%. Since January, so what does everyone feel about that? Does it affect your love of Bitcoin in any way? Do you see it progressing throughout the year? Thoughts? Who goes first, Corey? I'll tag you in. I'm, you're All right. All right, cool. Uh, so, I I feel personally that the stability of Bitcoin since you know, a few months, if you want to call that stability, is good, uh, and it's it's only because you don't have these you know big money cats coming in and buying all the bitcoins off speculation because of that that giant increase you know the, the rocket the rocket increase to 1000 or so price to bitcoin was a lot of speculation of people trying to make money mm-hmm. and now as things have calmed down and died down to what i think would should be a normal price it could get bigger it could get larger depending on what the, you know the market does but uh, it's 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 stable and it's it it reflects that people are consistently using it it's not a matter like that the people are willing to trade the same amount and have a stable price for Bitcoin for a long period of time, which is something that Bitcoin needs as opposed to this, you know, yeah. rocket fluctuations of people buying and selling and buying and selling. Is is Bitcoin going to be the new digital currency of America in the future, or you know, <laughs> is it going to fail? Is an altcoin going to change? You know, so people are trading and buying and putting all their money in different altcoins to see to just try and make a big buck. Whereas now it's more along the lines of like, now it's a useful currency. We can build things on the blockchain and use Bitcoin to try and help other aspects of society and life. I kind of like the way it's gone now. Absolutely. Um, price. Price for me. Um, so price for me means two things. Uh, one, I, I like the price where it is right now because it's, it's functioning as to me, in my opinion, like, I have no economist or anything, but I think it's functioning like a currency, like something that can hold value 
So people that can trust, hey, if I give you this, you know, blue dress and you give me so many Bitcoin, it's still going to be worth that so many Bitcoin. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It holds the value. It doesn't, I'm just saying, are you laughing? Because maybe I might sell dresses, man. Maybe I might. Okay. But I'm just saying, if I'm a retailer, I am, I'm hold, I'm, I can trust now that the value yeah. is going to stay there. And so I like the price where it is right now. But secondly, yeah, I do think it's going to go up. So as a currency and as an investment vessel, I still think it's a great bet. Because investing is betting. And there's really, really smart betting. And there's really, really dumb betting. Like you just go put a thousand on black on the roulette table. That's stupid. That's dumb. But I think Bitcoin is a smart investment because when you look at you know, how it's kind of engineered, when you look at how many markets could potentially use it and how much, I guess, revenue would have to flow through Bitcoin, I see the price going up. And so to me, it's like something I stashed in my own personal portfolio and maybe one day or some years down the line. I wake up and look at my portfolio and I'm like, yay me. Everybody's using digital coin and I got a bunch of it first. I'm like that prospector back in the day that was like, hey, I got all this shiny gold. This is going to be legit. And next thing you know, it was legit. So, uh, yeah. You, you've bought it 800 per coin and you bought it also I, at 200 a coin. So it's yes. kind of interesting. I bought it when it was way up there. And I saw it go to a thousand, drop a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a steal." Yeah. And I, got it, <laughs> I got it at eight hundred, and I was like, "This is gonna be the best eight hundred dollars I ever spent." And then the next week, it was like six sixty, and I was like, "This is gonna be the best six hundred and sixty dollars I ever spend." And then two weeks later, <laughs> and so on and so forth, till today, I'm like, "This is gonna be the best two hundred <laughs> every time," so, and I dollar averaged my way down to a pretty good price so if it goes up a little bit in the near future I'll be in the black which is awesome um, but yeah so I guess recap firstly love the price because it's acting like money and the people like money and things well, that I act can, like money I can build on that just a little bit like when the first early adopters in terms of big big box stores you know you had uh, overstock and, and these these large companies started to purchase Bitcoin just to accept Bitcoin as a store, which is what Bitcoin needs in order to become more more legitimate. When they first the first you know pioneers started doing this, they accepted Bitcoin and they immediately transferred it into whatever currency they wanted. It was just a form of payment. They weren't actually keeping the Bitcoin. And I think it's, it, look, the longer that this price stays around this price range and isn't, isn't so volatile, then the stores will start to keep the Bitcoin and interchange amongst themselves the Bitcoin itself and start using it the currency as opposed to just using it as a payment system and switching it. And so that makes it much, much, much more. It legitimizes Bitcoin as a currency. It makes it more useful. And the price staying the way it is makes that happen or at least facilitates that happening yeah it builds that faith people like consistency yeah. uh, thing. cool so. well here's some uh, general finance news ok 
curious to see if this affects the world of Bitcoin. Uh, JP Morgan is set to lay off over 5,000 employees. Um, they've already laid off over 1,000, and the layoffs will cut the bank's workforce by 2%. And it's part of a plan to reduce expenses by $109 million just this year. You know, is this sign of banks cutting back the rise of Bitcoin? Hmm. Uh, I wish I was a fly on the wall in one of those banker meetings to find out, you know, just how they're puppeteering things. But I guess a basic rule of thumb, when you're firing people, you're trying to cut expenses to put money into your investors' pockets. So I guess as a layman, that's what I'd say they're doing. Um, I do know that as digital currency catches on, especially one that you don't need permission for, like Bitcoin, um, they are going to lose some. They're going to lose some money to that. And I think they're well aware of that because the banks have been around, ah, you know, they've been around for a long time. But in this instance, you think it's just the case of the rich getting richer, not so much people are you know, not going to banks anymore, not using banks as frequently. Yes. That's later. Yeah, that is later. Okay. It's later-ish. I mean, uh, when's the last time you went to the bank? I don't go into banks. You don't go to the bank? No. Corey, you go to banks? Every week. Oh, well, you're in Brazil. Brazil is quite different. <laughs> <laughs> so the banks really do big ev- down there. Every, everything that happens happens through the bank if it, if it happens with money. You pay your bills through the bank. You do everything through the bank in Brazil. What? So it's, it's very odd. So what, what percentage is digital? Is it all just transactions in, in person, they're brick and mortar? They're Cobra I, Commander. The banks are Cobra it's Commander. All, it's all, like you pay your bills. It's hard to I mean, You pay your bills through your bank. You can do it digitally, but it's digitally through the bank's app. Okay. And oh, my God. And it's all very gov- governmental, governmental. It's all tied to the government, so it's very odd. And it's not something that I understand fully. I just know that if I want to pay my bills, I have to go to the bank, regardless of what bill it is. I see. Another bit of innovative news, but I want to know if if Europe is going in the right direction with this. The European Bitcoin Exchange Bitstamp, they launched a prepaid debit card that can be loaded with Bitcoin. They just did this two days ago. After receiving the card, users can transfer Bitcoin from a Bitstamp account to it. There's only a $10 flat fee that will be taken out for transfers of $1,000 or less, and then a 2% fee will be taken for anything above that. So we're using digital money, but we're still doing transactions in an old-fashioned, archaic way. I mean, do, no, they, it's, do they have it's, the wrong idea? What do you think? I think it's the right step in the right direction. I mean, it, 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 this isn't it, – we're not going to go from using Visa to just using straight Bitcoin on our cell phones with everybody using QR codes or whatever the most easiest way to use a Bitcoin is. It's going to have to go from what people are comfortable with and slowly take these baby steps to get to what is most efficient for Bitcoin from this archaic system that we have used now. Yeah, so this was, uh, you know, two days ago, which was May 27th. You think it's just a way that make people comfortable with the idea of using Bitcoin using an old-fashioned way and you think that's a I good route so. to go? I think, I think it's the route to go. Mass adoption only comes from people who are comfortable doing so this is a win. 
all the time. Yeah, I think it's a win. I think I I read a, re- a lot of Reddit, and every once in a blue moon, you'll see an article on there that says, you know, people. By the way, people way smarter and more educated than I in the internet and all of its protocols. But I keep hearing everybody say that Bitcoin is a protocol, and eventually people will be using it uh, without knowing that they're using it. And I think that's an instance of it. I think money people send people send emails all day long. They have no idea they're using SMTP. I mean, it's yep, no clue. They don't yeah. even know what they're doing. They're just like, oh, you know, digital letters flying around. They don't know any of the uh, infrastructure behind it and all the protocols and the the standards and things. And I think Bitcoin needs standards around it to be the standard. You know what I mean? It needs. You need layers on top. It does. It needs layers on top. I like that layer. <laughs> Bitcoin needs to be layered. Um, yeah, so I think that's a definite win for Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's gonna eventually win, just like the internet won. Um, like you know, all these telecommunications places had their own networks, had their own things going on. AT and T had a network. Uh, Verizon had a network. I think it was like GTE. All these singular, those are all different networks. And then the internet came along. Uh, I don't know why I said singular. I wish I could take it back. I'm going to take it back. But (laughs) I do know that, like, the internet came and said, hey, if you want to build something, build it. And it's, like, cost-free, almost, like, way less than building anything on AT&T's network. And Bitcoin is that. But just for financial instruments and well, now we're discovering a lot more than financial instruments. But you can build some sort of financial instrument, and you can do it at a very low cost, and you don't have to abide by some big network, some big <laughs> money network. Yeah, the baby in the background, everyone is crying because she's angry at the banks. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, uh, essentially, I think Bitcoin's going to, I know, that baby is upset. All right, cool. So, <laughs> to wrap things up, um, we will have guests on future podcasts. Our, uh, on episode number two, we're going to have Tawanda Kendo. Uh We're going to look inside some of Africa's most brilliant minds. So, just a little background on him. Uh the challenge that he faces in Africa is people don't have access to financial services. Most people can't do internet payments in Zimbabwe. It's difficult to collect payments. And Bitcoin can solve that problem for a lot of people. Uh, so he tries to promote and educate people on Bitcoin. So he's going to give us a peek into that corner of the world and uh, a little bit of what he does. And for people that don't know, this is a weekly podcast. And uh, we'll try not to break that schedule. Yeah, I'm going to call him TK. 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 Kembo Slice. Kembo Slice. (laughs) All right, well. That's all I have. It's a wrap. All right, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, boys. Outro music.